We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. I'm just messing with you. Say, I'm back where I belong. Say that again. Say, I'm back where I belong. We welcome those at every campus this morning, those watching online as well. Lift your Bibles high. We're going to get into the Word of God today. Lift them high. Let's make our confession. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It gives me abundant life. I'm not just a hearer of the Word. I'm a doer of the Word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message. Remain standing, if you will. Go to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. It's so good to see you all. We're in our summer concert series. This is week two. Last week, we, we heard from Kelly Clarkson. For my pop music lovers this week, I gave my hip-hop lovers something. We welcome everybody that's joining us in the overflow of the Aurora campus today. Luke chapter 15, as you stand, there's a word just for you. I said, there's a word just for you. I said, there's a word just for you. Luke chapter 15, go to verse number one. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. Now, look at me. These are people that the religious people of the day, they didn't want to have anything to do with because they were sinners. They were alcoholics. They were drug pushers. They were people that had issues. They cussed a lot. They sped on the road. They, they didn't do right by their family. They didn't do right by their obligations. So these were people that were drawing near to Jesus. And look at verse 2. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and he even sits down to eat with them. They were offended that God, or that Jesus, who was supposed to be God in the flesh, is sitting down having a meal with the scum of the earth. They, they, were, they were absolutely repulsed that Jesus was sitting with these people. You know, you've heard somebody before in your life say these people as if something was wrong with them. Get down to verse number three. Then he spoke a parable to them, and we won't read them, but the first parable is about a lost sheep. The second parable is about a lost coin. The third parable is about a lost son. We often call him the prodigal son, but the truth is, is the scripture doesn't call him that. The scripture calls him the lost son who lived a prodigal life. Verse 11, then he said, a certain man had two sons. Somebody say two. Uh, uh, get down to verse number 21. 
And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer, watch this, worthy to even be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out my best robe. He, he said, go get that Gucci one that we ain't opened out yet. He said, and bring it to him and put a ring on his hand. That, that was the family signet ring that restored him to his position in the family. He said, put the signet ring on him and watch this and then put some sandals on the boy's feet because he'd been walking and his feet ain't been covered. And look at verse 23. He says, and bring out a fatted calf, that one we've been building up that we were going to use for the special occasion. He said, bring that one out for this boy. He, he, he said, because while you may not have seen his value, I always saw his value. I, while you may have underestimated who he was, I've always knew him that he was somebody. Look at verse 24. For this my son was dead, but he's alive again. Watch the change. He was lost, but now he's found. And look at this, y'all. At the end of it, they began to have a party. Mary is just biblical terminology for party. They, they, they chained up the rots to the tree. Y'all know how y'all do when y'all have parties. They got the ribs going. They got the hot links going. They got the hamburgers going. Then they had to go send somebody to the store to forget the stuff that the one who was supposed to bring the stuff. Y'all know what I'm saying. They said, we're getting ready to have a cookout because this one son who was lost is found. And this one son who was dead, he's now alive. Father, speak to us with clarity today. I pray that we would all see ourselves in this story today, Father. As the song said, coming home, I'm back to where I belong. And there are some people that are in this place today. There are some people that are even watching online that have fallen from the place that they belong. They've allowed life to, to beat them up. They've allowed circumstances and bad decisions to beat them up. But I declare that this word today is going to be a turning point in their life. That just like the prodigal son came to his right mind, I declare that everybody under the sound of my voice by the time this word is over, wherever you've not been in your right mind, you're going to come to your right mind by the time this word is over and you'll be where you belong I know the kingdom awaits and he's forgiven your mistakes let the rain wash away all of that pain from yesterday Lord we're ready to hear from you speak to us in Jesus name would you shout hallelujah do me a favor before you take your seat high five somebody next to you and just tell them I'm coming home I'm coming home you can be seated. As I said to you, you know, for the next nine weeks, we're going to be taking some popular uh, and well-known songs in our culture and extract spiritual principles from them so that we can all improve our lives. Anybody want a better life than what you're currently living? And it, it's, not that you're, it's not that you're mad or angry about how it is. You just know that it can be better. It, it, it's, not, it's not that I'm unthankful for what God has done. I just know that it can be better. It's not, it, it's not that I'm ungrateful for what God has already done. I just know that it can be better. Anybody say, I just want better. I want better for myself. I want better for my children. I want better for my family. I want better. I want better. I, 
So watch this. I told you I was going to teach these messages in this series a few different ways. Some we're going to go lyric by lyric and some verse by verse and some using the song as a backdrop to scripture. And uh, this particular message, we're going to use that song as a backdrop to the scriptural story of the lost son. You, you'll, you'll notice sometimes that the singers will occasionally dress to the genre of music to create the whole effect because, see, it's the summer concert series. So we got to make it all work together. You got what I'm saying? Now, now here's what I want to say because some of you are thinking, Bishop, this is going to be a great message for the person sitting next to me because I know the Lord. And so I need to go ahead and bust that up before I even get going here. Please understand. Everybody say this to me. Say, Father, help me see myself in this message. Because there are certain things that sometimes if you've been in church for a while, you think that when it's getting ready to be preached, you start sitting up in yourself and thinking about all the people who it needs to be preached to, but sometimes you exclude yourself. And so before we begin to have any divisiveness or divisiveness rather uh, in the room and division, what I want to just do is make sure that we all understand that at some point or another, we have all been in this story. And if the truth is told, there are areas of our lives where we're in this story. Touch your neighbor and say, this is going to be good for us. This is going to be good for us. Uh, now, now watch this, watch this. Jesus tells this story. It's a parable, which means it is a story that he uses in order to prove a point. It is Jesus um, using uh, imagery to be very demonstrative in making his point. He tells the story so well that you often uh, don't remember that it's a parable. Jesus tells it so well that you actually think that it really happened. Watch this. I want to go verse by verse. Verse 12, it says, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Now, this is so interesting because what this son was essentially doing, it was tantamount to wishing that his father was dead because you were not doing inheritance to be delivered to you until your father had passed away. So in essence, when the younger son goes to his father, he's really saying, I wish you were dead. Imagine now being the father listening to this message from your younger son. Imagine uh, how he would feel because a burden is literally being created for you because I couldn't give you something that is to come to you except I take it from myself. So literally the father has to empty out what he has to give it to both of his sons. You, you, you missed that. An inheritance is to be received once a person is dead. So if you're asking for your inheritance while I'm living, I got to take from me to give to you. Uh, anybody ever had to do something for somebody and then later on they looked at it as if what you did for them didn't really mean anything. The, the father had to take from himself and inconvenience himself. And parents, that's how some of you feel today. You're saying, you little sum of something. If you knew all of what I had to do for you and all of the hell I'd had to go through for you and all the bad relationships I stayed in for you and... So this, fa this father is an interesting, he's in an interesting place because literally an undue burden is being placed on him. And my question is this, why didn't the son have a conversation with his father? Uh, he knew that his father loved him because he had no problem asking him for stuff. Okay, got real quiet right there. It got real quiet right there. He knew that his father loved him because he had no problem asking him for him stuff. Uh, but perhaps he did talk to his father, but he didn't like his, father, his father's answer. It's an interesting thing because oftentimes we misunderstand the purpose of someone loving us. Love is not there to just be your cheerleader. It is also there to sometimes be your corrector. Bishop, what do you mean? Somebody that really loves you will tell you about yourself and they will pay the price that could potentially be paid to say you're not as hot as you think you are. And, and, you, okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing right there. Somebody that really loves you will confront you and say, wait a minute. 
Perhaps he did have a conversation with his father, but, but he didn't like his father's answer because he was ready for something that he clearly was not ready for. It was not time for him to receive what he wanted. And what's interesting is both sons, somebody say both sons. Both sons received their portion, and one cha- chose to stay in the house, and the other chose to leave. It's amazing the different turns in life that two people can take after receiving the same thing. They received the exact same thing, but they took two totally different turns. Jesus, out of his 12, uh, he, he had Judas, who you know Judas was the one that betrayed him, but he also had John. John, the Bible calls, is a man that was beloved by Jesus. He's called the beloved disciple. They both received the same thing from Jesus, but only one understood the value of what they received. Can I just parenthetically insert this in here that maybe what you're seeking, you've already received. You just didn't perceive the value of what you received. And sometimes you can be so busy going on a gold hunt that you forgot you already had something in your pocket. Sometimes you can be so busy walking through the forest that you forget that the trees were already there. This, this is interesting because they, they take two different turns even though they receive the same thing. Watch this. And the father loves his son enough to let him leave. What is it that God loves you enough to let you do that he already knows you don't have no business doing? All right, it's, it's, it's going to be good for us. Say, Lord, help me see myself in this message. God sometimes has to love you enough to let you fail. He sometimes has to love you enough to let you lose your business. He sometimes has to love you enough to let them lock you up. He sometimes has to love you enough to let them cheat on you. He sometimes has to love you enough to let you lose your money. He sometimes has to love you enough to let you lose your car. He sometimes has to love you enough to let you stop coming to church. He sometimes has to love you enough to let you stop praying. He sometimes has to love you enough to let you fall because God, somebody says, Bishop, why if God loves me, would he let me do that? Because God understands that sometimes the only way to appreciate what you have is to lose it for a season. God, I wish I had a church in here. Sometimes God says, if you don't lose this, you'll never value it. If you don't go through something, you'll never value what you have. So sometimes God says, I'll let them walk out on you. I'll I'll let them tell. What's this? What's this? He he, we're just talking, we're just talking, we're just walking through the story. Verse 13 says, And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. His decision is quite perplexing for this reason, y'all. He had time to think about it. After not many days, which means he didn't get his check and then leave. No, no, no. He got his check, took it to the bank, cashed his check, and stayed for a few weeks. You're not hearing. The Bible says, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together. His decision is perplexing because he sat up and thought himself into that decision. Uh, Okay, here's my question. He, He must have been talking to himself. And my question is, what toxic thoughts was he thinking? Can I let you know something? Can I just tell you the truth? Uh, uh, The truth of the matter is this. I've talked this several times before. Uh, Often the greatest enemy that you will ever deal with is the inner me. But the truth of the matter is this, is that if you cannot conquer that, then that will be the thing that you contend with most of your life. Can I just make an announcement to you? Some of you, you're thinking, well, this person's against me. This person's against me. This system is against me. Can I suggest to you that maybe it's not all of that that's against you? Maybe you have yourself. 
And the problem is, is when you want to go right, you go left. And when you want to go up, you go down because you're constantly battling yourself. What conversation did this boy have with himself after he got his money? See, you got to be careful because some people think, well, if I just had more money, I'd be good. If I just had another job, I'd be good. If I just had a relationship, I'd be good. But sometimes when you get what you asked for, it only amplifies what was wrong with you in the first place. God, I don't have nobody in here. This boy gets his money, and he starts thinking some C-R-A-Z-Y stuff. My question, though, is not only what was he thinking. My question is, what conversations did the brothers have with one another after not many days? So that means the brothers are sitting in the house. One got his check. He took it to the bank, but he put it in a good, you know, a, a, a good CD or, you know, he, he put in a good money market, savings account, you know, got a good rate of return. He said, no, I'm going to make something out of this. He said, he said watch this, because if I get to benefit from something that I didn't ask for, I'm going to maximize it. See, there's some opportunities you're going to have that you're going to get because somebody else didn't show up. And you got to learn how to maximize that opportunity. But, but this other guy, this, this, this other guy, I want to know what conversations the brothers had. Because, men, you, you know, brothers have conversations. And, and, you know, he's the younger brother, so you already know they, they got this whole competition thing going on. Okay, it's real quiet right through there. But what, what conversations did the brother have with one another? Did the older brother say, man, you just need to get out of here, man. You ain't talking about nothing. You ain't good enough to work for daddy. You ain't good enough. What conversations did they have? Because there were some kind of conversations that were had. Jesus just doesn't indicate that in the story. Now, my, my question is this. What should the older brother have told the father about the conversations he had with the younger brother? Often, here's what people say, and you've said it, you've said it, you've said it, you've said it. Well, I didn't feel like that was my place. Can, can I say something to you about that? If somebody's in the corner playing with matches about to burn your house down, it's your place to tell that it's so-and-so in the corner playing with matches. Y'all, y'all not. Just your neighbor say, it is your place. How much hell have folk around you had to go through and family folk had to deal with because you sat up saying like it was my place. What, what, what conversations? What conversations? Some of you, you got coworkers that are having conversations with you and they're trying, they trying to have a coup on, on your supervisor. You say, well, I didn't feel like it was my place. When somebody's in the corner playing with matches, it's your place. Touch your neighbor, say it's your place. What conversations did they have? What, what conversations, watch this, did he have with his so-called friends who freely offered their advice because they didn't have to live with the consequences of the decision? Be careful when you take the advice of people who don't have to live with you after you do what they say. It's easy for people to give you advice when they don't have to pay the consequences of that, when they don't have to pay the price for that. Uh, that's why you got to be careful for those of you who think you should freely give advice and for those of you who are freely receiving advice. You can't add to something which you don't even know the value of in the first place. Advice. Are you still here? What did his so-called friend tell him? I leave your daddy, man. I mean, why did he get, watch this. Well, if he really loved you, why did he give you the check? Why didn't he make you wait? Watch this. It's the same thing we do with God. If God really loved me, Why? Did he let this happen to me? It's interesting because when he got what he asked for, he went crazy. 
Sometimes there's a reason God has not given you what you asked for. Because God knows on the other side of that answer is some craziness. What conversations did he have with his so-called friends? What, what did his so-called friends say to him? Because they didn't have to live with the consequences. Well, I bet you, I bet you some of, the, some of his friends criticized him. You know what I bet they said? Uh, man, you different. Mm-hmm. Man, you changing. Man, all you do, watch this, is just go to that church. That's all you do is just talking about what that Bishop Foreman said. I don't need nobody to tell me what to do. Have you looked at their life lately? Evidently, they didn't get the message that they do need somebody to tell them something. All you do, just listen to that gospel music, man. Anybody want to hear all that? Don't let people's criticism send you to the pig pen. People, people, you, you should be honored when people start saying stuff like that to you. You ain't the same. That's the idea. When I found Jesus, I didn't want to be the old me anymore. I didn't want to be that person anymore. I didn't want to be a liar anymore. I didn't want to be a hormongler no more. I didn't want to be running from this to that. I didn't want to do that anymore. Duh. I know I've changed, and I'm glad about it. And if you can't get with my change, then I got a curve I need to be kicking you to. Because anybody that's an enemy to my progress is an enemy to my life. <laughs> now, if they're criticizing because your change is bad change, now you, you might want to look into that. But think about it. Think about it. They don't criticize. They didn't criticize you when y'all was smoking weed together. Oh, y'all gonna y'all gonna act? Y'all, listen, I will do a finger check right up in here. Don't. They didn't criticize you when you were drinking together. They didn't criticize you while you was at Club Sugar Daddy shaking it together. Y'all not gonna say nothing. They didn't criticize you when you were running with them. So why is it they got something to criticize you about now? Can I suggest to you, it's maybe that Satan is mad that he lost one of his running buddies. Maybe Satan is mad that he thought he'd have you forever, but he lost you, and he lost you to Jesus. Maybe he's just ticked off a little bit. They didn't criticize you when y'all was getting locked up together. They didn't criticize you while y'all were both complaining about your spouses together. Be careful to not let people's criticisms send you into a pig pen. Because you know what I think happened? Jesus doesn't say this, but here's what I think happened. I think that one of his friends, watch this, got his ear greater than his father had his ear. Can I tell you a secret? Whoever has your ear has your future. I'm going to say that again. Whoever has your ear has your future. That's why some of you can make bad decisions predicated upon information you get from somebody that lives in North Carolina. And you know, they don't say North Carolina. They say North Carolina. They're North Carolina. Somebody that lives 3,000 miles away 
Because they don't need your presence, they just need your ear. Whoever and whatever, I'm going to go ahead, whoever and whatever gets your ear has your future. That's why the scripture, that's why the scripture says, take heed to how you hear. His friends were criticizing him. And so he thought, you know what? They're right. They're right. They broke. Don't have nothing to show for their life. Ain't had a good day in the last 42 years. But they right. Isn't it amazing who you'll deem to be right in your life? They right. They right. They right. Couldn't read a scripture if it slapped them in the face with it. They right. They right. He packs up. Y'all still with me? He packs up and he gets as far away from his father as he can. He, he changes his phone number. He changes his email. He quits his job and he essentially falls off the face of the planet. And the Bible says that he lives prodigally. It means wasteful. It, it means, watch this. In the Greek, it means soft and underdeveloped. He thought he was ready for something that he wasn't. How many mistakes do we make because we think we're ready for something that we're not? And when a voice of wisdom says, wait, you then fight the voice because you think the voice is trying to keep something from you. Rather than get something to you, watch this, that you'll be able to keep. The scripture says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Now that means whole and he adds no sorrow. It means whenever God does something, he doesn't do it with the intention of it screwing up at the end. He doesn't do it with the intention of it messing up at the end. So if you say you got something that God gave you and it's messed up, maybe it's because it was you. Who turned the good thing. And to a prodigal thing. Uh, he lives prodigally. And verse 14 says, uh, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Now, we don't know how much he received, but we know evidently it had to be a lot because the father uh, was able to, we find out later on in the story, have fatted calves and nice Gucci robes and Signet rings and or whatever your taste is. You might not like Gucci, whatever you like. Maybe you Kmart, but I mean, whatever you want. It was a nice robe. Maybe it was the robe you took from that hotel at one time. Maybe it's, you know, don't tell nobody. I, we ain't telling nobody. That's before you came out to pig pen. You were still in the pig pen then. Watch this, watch this. But when he had spent what? Everything. Now, we don't know what everything was for him. We just know that it was everything. And some of you need to be thankful that when you got to this point in your life, watch this, or maybe you're in this point in your life, be thankful that God never ever gave you the big thing. Because it would have been a lot harder to lose the big thing than it would have been to lose the little bit you had. Y'all not going to say, now let me talk to this side of the church. Thank God that he didn't bring your boat in because to lose that, that would have made you depressed and snap on somebody. But to lose the little bit you had... Sometimes you got to be thankful that you had a small beginning so you can make your mistakes and they'd still be on a small stage. You're not hearing what I'm saying. It says, but when he had spent all, 
everything. There arose a severe famine in the land. And he began to be in what? Want. Now, now, now notice this. Notice this. For a season, it looked as if he had made the right decision to leave his father. For, for, for a season, it looked like he'd be all right. For a season, it looked like it really didn't matter that he wasn't tithing anymore. For a season, it looked like it really didn't matter that he wasn't coming to church anymore. For a season, it looked like it really didn't matter that he wasn't praying anymore. For a season, it looked like it really didn't matter that he wasn't serving anymore. For a season, it looked like it really didn't matter that he wasn't as committed as before. But then when verse 14 comes, y'all, it drops a bomb on him. Because now the check that his decision wrote had to be cashed. And it came at the worst time. You had notice how stuff sometimes comes at the worst time. He has spent everything, which means he is B-R-O-K-E. Now, not just broke financially, but he's also broke emotionally. He's broken spiritually because he's cut off the connection to his source of life. Because the word father in its simplest form means life giver. So since he's separated from his father, he's separated from his source of life. But when he had spent all, he's broke. He, he, he's, he's broken emotionally. He, 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 he's ran out of tears. He starts crying. Powder starts coming down his cheek. You've been in that place. Come on, let's be honest. You've been in that place. Come on, you've been in that place where you ain't nothing left to cry. The only thing you got left to do is go to sleep. Come on, you, you ever had to be like a two-year-old where you just cried it out and the only thing you had left was to just go to sleep? He's in this point, y'all. He, he's, he's in this place. He spent everything that he had. And then, now, all of a sudden, there comes a severe famine in the land. And he begins to be in want. Ch ch check this out. Check this out. When you're in want, be careful because you lose discretion. Bishop, what do you mean? If you're really hungry, you'll eat anybody's food. Okay, y'all don't understand what I'm saying. Let me, let, me, let, me, uh, let me see if I can make it a little bit more plain. When you're really hungry, that person at your job, who likes to bring stuff, but you looked up under their fingernails, and you then decided to yourself, now if you ain't never had this, you're the one that we're talking about, and, and you said, oh goodness. So you baked the cake, did you wear gloves when you baked the cake? But when you really in want, you lose discretion, so you go in there, but, but let me just get a little piece. I prayed over it. I tried to paint the analogy. Maybe that wasn't the best version of it. I don't know. When you really get hungry, you'll go to a restaurant where they have to announce to you that it's 100% beef. You don't see something wrong? So then what have we been eating the whole time? If you got to tell me it's 100% chicken. I thought it always was. I'm not the only one that has thought that. <laughs> right. 
When, when you're in want, you lose discretion. When you're in want, you'll eat anybody's food. But can I take it a little bit further and make it a little bit more personal? When you're in want, you, you'll get in any relationship. Because you just don't want to be by yourself. You just don't want to be alone. And so when you get away from them, you're saying, God, I can't stand them. And then when you get around them, you're like, well, but this is what's here. I don't expect a lot of shouting right through here. That's okay. I built it into my notes. You get in a relationship with anybody. When you're in want, you'll be friends with anybody. You'll come down from the above average person God has made you. And you'll stoop down because you're in want. When you're in want, you lose discretion. When you're in want, when you're really in want, you could have PhD, but when you're in want, you just you'll take you'll take a seven dollar in, in what is the minimum wage? Seventy eight cent job. Seven eighty four. Thank you, sir. They raised it. <laughs> you, 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 you can have a PhD, but, but when you're in want, you lose discretion. When you're in want, you you stop making good decisions because you just want to remove the want. Oh, God, I wish, I wish when we, we got to be careful, y'all, when we get in want, because when we get in want, that's normally where we're either going to have a further breakdown or that's where we're going to have a breakthrough. But it's either going to be one or the other, because we are built such that when we're in want, we want to do something to satisfy the want. When you're in want, you lose discretion. So when, when you're in want. You may not even like alcohol, but you'll find yourself at a bar sitting with people drinking. You're like, I don't even know. I don't even like this. What is When you're in want, you'll find yourself having gossipful conversations with folk. You normally wouldn't be the one to do that. You, you used to be the one, let's pray for them. Let's just believe and please leave God for them. But when you're in want, oh, no, not now. No, when you're in want, you, you, you'll do anything. Watch this. To cover the want. It's not that you actually feel it. It's just you want it to be covered. Watch this. Because if it's out of sight, let me prove it to you. Um, people get out of one relationship, and then a week and a half later, their Facebook status change again. Because, you know, that's how you got to find stuff out now. They won't tell you you got to. And since y'all put your whole life on there, be, you know. Bishop, Bishop, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? Relationships are bad? No, I'm not saying anything like that. Here's what I'm saying. Is that when you're in want, you lose discretion. You'll start making poor decisions and bad decisions that the truth is, is you know are horrible decisions. But you just don't want to see your want anymore. You'll, you'll do anything to get rid of your want. And either you're going to have a breakdown or you're going to have a breakthrough in that moment. Ch ch check this out. Check this out. It says he spent all that he had. And then there arises a great famine in the land. And can I say something to you? That this was an opportune time for him to return himself to his father. Check this out, though. But his pride wouldn't let him. So rather than having a breakthrough in this moment, because you think he'd get to the end and be like, okay, I'm going home. I'm going back to where I belong. I know the kingdom awaits. And I hope he forgives my mistakes. I'm coming home. 
coming home. Tell the world. Come on, y'all just saw the video. Don't act like you're trying to figure out what I'm saying. Look at this. Look at this. His pride wouldn't let him admit that he was wrong. The problem with pride is pride will always come before a great fall. And can I tell you that if you're in a pit in your life today, the worst thing you could do is get prideful about your pit. Because if you fall, you only have to fall further down. He, he's, in, he's in this low place and his pride won't let him. Pride won't let him go back. His pride won't let him admit that. So you know what the root of pride, though, is? The root of pride is shame. Shame makes people pretend. That's why people become prideful. So you understand what pride is. Pride, pride is this, this, this thought that a person is projecting rather than demonstrating. What do you mean? When you're projecting, what you're doing is you're taking one image and then, and, and, and then sending it to another place, which means you're pretending to be something that you are really not in order to impress those who, quite frankly, don't really care. And can I tell you how to identify a prideful person? They always announce their humility. A prideful person always goes around talking about, I'm just a humble man. I'm a humble lady. You're the most prideful sucker up in here. I mean, you... When, when you're full of shame and guilt, pride steps in. Pride steps in. Pride steps in. And then pride won't let you do the right thing or the God thing. Because now pride is saying, well, what if, what if they reject me? What, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? So you waste time in a place called pride. So you'd think this would be the perfect opportunity for this guy to get it changed and get it turned around. But it doesn't, y'all. So then verse 15 comes. And touch somebody and say, it gets worse. So not only does he have nothing, times nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Watch this. Verse 15 comes. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. So check this out. He's so far out there that he forgets who Sonny is. He's so far out there he forgets his pedigree. He forgets his family name so much so that, watch verse 15 because it'll trick you if you don't watch it. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. You missed it. He didn't just become a citizen of the country. He yoked up with some dude in the country. Okay, now I'm going to have to preach because y'all ain't saying nothing. Watch, watch, watch this. The word, watch this, joined himself to. That phrase in the Greek is the word kaleo. Here's what it means. Watch this. He glued himself to. He cleaved to. Watch that. Uh, you've heard that word cleave because it's used in Genesis to talk about a marriage. Watch this. He adheres to. Check this out. It means he keeps company with. Here, 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 perhaps, is the most uh, eye-opening uh, demonstration of the word. He has, watch what the word means in the Greek, friendly intercourse. He finds him a homie lover friend. It's 
quiet up in this church here. Bishop, now don't take it somewhere I didn't take it. Don't take it somewhere I didn't take it. He finds somebody that can agree with his dysfunction. He finds somebody that won't challenge his mediocrity. He finds somebody that won't challenge him to be a better man. He finds somebody that will be friendly to his mess. Watch this. When you're running from right and when you're running from God, there's normally a partner in crime that's feeding your insanity. It'd be difficult for people to get addicted to drugs except for the fact that there's a dealer. He gets somebody to deal to his insanity. He gets somebody to endorse his insanity. He gets some crazed out fool to help him continue to be a crazed out fool. You ever found, can we just have an honest conversation for about 15 seconds? We can go back to, you know, church stuff in just a minute. Just honest, just me and you, 15 seconds. Have you ever, have you ever, met, have you ever met a couple and you, you met one of them and be like, they are weird. <laughs> now, just, just me and you talk. Just me, come on, just shh. And then you're like, maybe that's just her. Then you go meet him, and you're like, God, they are weird. Because they kaleoed. Crazy met crazy and had a baby. You, 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 met, you, you, met, you met somebody who was just rebellious. I mean, they just were anti-everything that spoke of order. You say, stand up, they'll sit there and look at you. You say, raise your hands there. I ain't raising my hand. Oh, I got real quiet right there. They go to the DMV. They won't take a number. They don't want to go up and argue with the lady. Well, you saw I was here before him. Sir, please take a number. I, I don't understand why I got to take a number. Just like, dude, take a number. What's the point I'm making? What's the point I'm making? Is that... If you find them, you normally will find that very close to them is somebody that's feeding their insanity. You, you find somebody with low self-esteem, you'll normally find somebody that has low self-esteem that's feeding that thought. This guy goes and finds somebody that feeds his insanity. And some of you, some of you might be thinking, Bishop, no, that really wasn't my testimony. Uh, let me give you the other part. Sometimes the partner in crime can be you. Sometimes you can be your own insanity feeder. Sometimes you can be your own crazed feeder. Because, you know, those conversations that you'll sit up sometimes and have with yourself. And you'll come to a conclusion that's totally wrong. You'll sit up and have a 15-minute conversation with yourself and by the end of it talking about Jesus is purple. And you see, he's purple because when Prince said purple rain, he was saying majesty rain down. See? You see? And then since Jesus is royalty, see? see the, and, then, and then listen, you'll be sitting, that's cold-blooded. That's As if it's true. You can have somebody in your corner that loves you and that is fighting for you, but you'll sit up and have a conversation with yourself and convince yourself of the antithetical conclusion. Okay. 
process. And, and just so we clear, Jesus is not purple. Okay, just check, check, check this out. Verse 16, I'm almost through, but I need you to see this because I need us to see ourselves in this story. Because what, what mess are you in right now that you're in because you join yourself to a citizen of that country? Somebody that endorsed your foolishness. And then you get mad at the people who love you and try to tell you something. Uh-huh. You, you say stuff like, they're just trying to control me. They don't want me to be happy. They don't want me to have nothing. You, you, you know, Anna Mae's mama tried to tell her that too. And a couple limo rides later, Tina finally figured it out. Check this out, y'all. His pride doesn't let him go back. He goes, he joins himself to a citizen of that country. He goes out and he's feeding the swine. Look at this, verse 16. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. Now check this out. This guy is the son of a pretty powerful dude. He's a big deal. And he's sitting here feeding pigs. And he's saying to himself, watch this. He has a job, but he still can't eat. He's working, but he still can't eat. Because as long as you're running from God, and running from right, you'll be working every day and get to the end of the week and say, how is it that I steal? Okay, we're not going to have no honest conversations anymore. This guy's working every day. He's breaking his back and he still can't eat. Because he's running. He's running. And the Bible says, and he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. But check this out. Nobody gave him anything. <laughs> And look at verse 17. But when he came to himself. <laughs> when he came to himself, he said, how many of my daddy's servants have bread enough to spare? And here I am, the son of a big deal. Let's make it here. Here I am, the son of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Here, here I am, the daughter of the God that made the heavens and the earth. Here I am, the son. And I'm perishing with hunger. He's literally dying. Can I suggest to you that perhaps some of the illnesses that you face are because of rebellion? I'll come right back out. I don't have time to teach that. I'll, I'll leave it right there. I'll leave it right there. I'll leave it right there. Look, 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 look at the verse. It says, and I perish with hunger. He, he's, 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 he's dwindling away to nothing. And nobody's there to give him anything. Now, wait a minute. He left his daddy's house thinking he was going to go out there and have a party. He left his father's house thinking, I don't really need that God stuff. I don't need that church stuff. That's good for other people. I don't really got to do that. That's not really me. I'm not really into that. I don't need to do all of that. You know what I'm saying? I could go up skiing rather than go to church. I could, I'm not really into all of that. Watch, watch, watch this. I go to church, but I'm not opening my Bible, though. I'm, I'm not, that's not really me. I'm not. He, 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 he finally comes to his self. Which means for all those years prior to, he was the legal definition of insane. 
Watch this. Insanity is when you make decisions, and, and by legal definition, you, you, you are unaware of the consequences of those decisions. The Bible says he comes to himself, which means for years prior, the him he thought he was, he was not. The version of him that he thought he was, he was not. The one that he thought that could never forgive and the one that he was so broken and beaten, that version of him, he was not. He says, he says, he comes to himself. Now check this out, y'all. It doesn't say when he comes to himself. It just says that he does. Could have been a year. Could have been six months. Could have been six days. Could have been five days. We, we don't know because the story doesn't say. My question is, what snapped in him? What broke that pride in him? Because he had already been broke for a while. He had already been living low for a while. What finally broke that pride in him? Can I, can I tell you what broke the pride in him? Verse 16 broke the pride in him, the, the previous verse. Because the verse says, nobody gave him anything. You, you, you missed it. You missed it. Nobody else was there for him, including himself. Nobody, nobody else was, was there for him. And then he finally gets to the point where he's saying, okay, I'm sitting here by myself talking to Porky. <laughs> and the problem with me talking to Porky is Porky and I can't have an intelligent conversation. Because pigs can't speak the language of humans. You missed it. What if the swine weren't pigs? What if they were people? Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine, which gives us this imagery that there are some people who choose to live as pigs. You know what a pig does. A pig uh, excretes, and then the pig plays in their excretion, and then they eat their excretion, and then they excrete it, and then they eat it, and then... Now, let me be clear. Now, I believe in eating the pig. No, let me just be real clear what you hear. I believe in bacon. Thank you, Jesus. I believe in chitlins once a year, once a year, not more than that. I believe in ham sandwiches. You understand what I'm saying? Because I know there's this weird religious thing going on in our city and people get some weird thoughts. Oh, no, I believe in the pig now. I <laughs> Power to the pig. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. The pig, the pig, the pig. And, and this son are trying to have a conversation. And the pig is saying, you don't even get me. Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.